Welcome to the Macworld Podcast. I'm Roman Loyola. Joining us on the remote is Jason Cross. Hello. In the studio with Mike Johnson. Hi. And the most important man in the room, as just proven in the past few minutes, Dan Basuok, our producer. Good morning, everyone. Sorry, we're late. We had a little bit of technical issues, and, and Dan was fixing them. So, But everything's up and running now. The other reason why he's the most important man in the room is because Dan is checking our Twitter and YouTube feeds for your comments and questions. If you guys have any thoughts about today's topics, let us know in those uh, forums and Dan will let us know what you guys are thinking. Today we're going to be talking about uh, a couple of new service programs that Apple announced on Friday. Seems like an odd day to announce late Friday. Uh, and... The future of the iPhone with with 5G. But first, we're going to talk about the new iPad Pro that Leif has been devoting all of his time to. He's So much time. His whole life has been the iPad Pro. He's working on a review for us. So uh, he's been spending all his time with it. And I was trying to think of like, what's the first question I should ask Leif? And I just, it's like, it's such a big thing that I can't yeah. even think of just like one question. And it was really hard to organize it too, <laughs> because you got the pencil and you got the folio and it all kind of works together. So, so it's like, you want to mention it at one point. Yeah. Wanna, yeah. So. so if anyone watching has any questions about the iPad Pro, if you have one and been using it, let us know what your uh, comments and thoughts are. Uh, but Leif has been using it. So Leif... Mm -hmm. uh, the thing about the iPad Pro mm -hmm. is that, I mean, there has been sort of this kind of idea that tablets replace laptops, so to speak. Mm -hmm. And you have been kind of like dedicating yourself to this one platform. Mm -hmm. You've been using it as much as possible. Mm -hmm. so, so how much closer is the iPad Pro coming to replacing a laptop well, see, here's the problem. I, I actually did, you know, before I started working with Macworld, I used an iPad Pro as my main writing device. I had a PC that I played games on and everything like that. When I, when I came down to, to write, I used my iPad. So I did that for like a year and a half. So I, I'm actually pretty used to this. But mm -hmm. as I say in my review, when I went back to using a MacBook, it was like I somebody had given me glasses that actually worked after <laughs> months of using like a prescription that didn't everything made sense it was just everything was just you know and that you know that's the that's the frustrations you know there's no mouse or trackpad support the file system is annoying and everything this is a wonderful machine you know it's got that uh, a12x bionic chip in it which is which is super fast everything runs buttery buttery smooth it's bright it's beautiful got a wide range of colors but Gosh, I you know it was just like I typed up I typed up my review on the uh, on the iPad, but when it came to edit it, I just yeah heck with this. I went yeah. back and started doing yeah. it on my MacBook. That gives you an idea. That's 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 kind of the problem. When we are writers, that's what we do. It's like the most to me. You would think it's the simplest thing that you could do with an iPad, but I'm even frustrated with that, and I think that's a problem. Yeah. I think to me, part of the part of the issue is that. Uh, like they say, there's, there's, especially for, for newer, younger people who do so much stuff on their phone, mm -hmm. there's a lot you can do on the iPad and it can kind of replace computer, a uh, regular computer for them for most stuff, but mm -hmm. most stuff isn't good enough. Mm -hmm. You hit that one roadblock where somebody hands you a USB key and says, you know, here, I put the file on this and you're like, uh, 
Yes. I can't yeah. do that. And then um, to me, the, the, the real problem is that there's, there's nothing pro about the pro. It's so much right. faster. It's so much faster. Mm -hmm. But all that horsepower doesn't really help you in, in the sense that all of the cool computer stuff that you could do with an iPad, you can do just as well with the set $329 iPad. Yes. Like that'll write and browse the web and do social media stuff and all that other stuff. Just great. Mm -hmm. It feels like everything you would do that really needs that awesome horsepower. And that thing is fast as hell. Yes. <laughs> but everything you do that needs that horsepower are also things that are going to run into those iOS limitations. And I really just hope maybe iOS 13 just takes a couple of the, you know, limitations off, loosens the reins just a little yeah. bit and just makes it a little easier. You know, I, you, you got to be able to open two documents. In yes, the same exactly. Program. And see, like, that, that's the thing. That's one thing I wanted docs. to say is I wrote what I, the way I usually write is I have an, okay, like I use the Ulysses app. I like to have my outline on the left and I actually write up the document on the right. And those are right. two different documents. You can't do that on a, uh, uh, on an, on an iPad pro, uh, you know, so the thing is you have to put one in like IA writer or something or, and Here's another problem I've noticed. Some apps that used to support split split view no longer do it. Um, huh. You know, it's like Ulysses, which is one of the most, the, you know, I've called it one of the main reasons to write on a Mac. It's so wonderful. But you, so usually they're very quick to do it. But it doesn't seem to support split view on here. It, it supports oh. it on the uh, the older iPad uh, Pro, my, my first generation. But, yeah, uh, maybe that's just an update problem yeah, or an something. Update. And that yeah. gives you an idea because IA Writer already supports it. But uh, yeah. So, you know, that gives you an idea. You, you, but that's the thing. Here's a here's a here's people who are feigned for working with Apple. So, you know, exactly. they're a little behind. So imagine all the people that aren't that just kind of like put it on there. I remember waiting for like a year and a half for Google to put, uh, you know, make split view, uh, view where it worked with Google Docs. And I used to work mm -hmm. on Google Docs a lot. And uh, that because as a freelancer, that was that was, you know, basically the industry standard. And it yeah. was annoying. So things like uh, if I want to have two email compose windows open. Mm hmm. I, I do that all the time. I'm, I'm halfway into writing an email. I'm going to finish that in a bit. I need to fire off an email to this person or something. You can't do that. It's you got one compose window. <laughs> you have your list of emails until you finish writing and send that email. That's it. You know, so the, that sort of thing, you know, a lot of people talk about this as power user edge case stuff, but everybody has edge case stuff. Right. My, my, uh, my sister's a high school teacher mm -hmm. and the teacher portal stuff that she does, she can't go to it on an iPad because it thinks you're on a mobile browser. Right. And it's like, no, you yeah. need to go here and you can request the desktop site and all this stuff. There's just no reason at all for Safari and an iPad to not just give you the desktop site all the time. Right. That should just be the default. And uh, give you an idea of another problem. These are all things that we've been familiar with for a while. But mm -hmm. uh, here's some problems because, you know, Photoshop is going to be coming to the iPad next year, right. which wonderful and everything. But here's a problem. When you take an external storage device, like an SD card or something, you know, like a bigger thing, you plug it in here into the USB-C. It now supports USB-C. That technically mm -hmm. gives you a lot more options. But the first thing it asks, if you want to, the only thing it asks, really, is if you want to import the photos on it into your photo stream. That is basically basically all you can do to it. There's none yeah. of this, you know, I want to open this directly in Photoshop or something. Who knows? Maybe that will change, but I have a feeling you're going to be working with Adobe Creative Cloud mm -hmm. for that. So at least there's that. And, yeah. uh, and if you, and it, and you're using double, it, 
it still stores all the information for every app with those apps. So yes. you can import it all into to photos and photo supports raw and then you can go into Lightroom and or Photoshop and like import your photos into there. Mm-hmm. But now now you have two copies of all your photos essentially on your iPad and it's taking up all that space and then you have to go delete them all from photos and you know. And keep just, in mind it starts at 64 gigabytes. This is yeah. my restored iPad. This is, you know, this is restored from my my old iPad. I uh this has 1 terabyte on it, but it uh I am currently using uh 56 gigabytes. And that gives you an idea of how tight that storage is. And once you start working with raw files, a lot of them, yeah. that's going to fill up really quickly. And so this one, this is the uh you know, LTE 12.9 inch 1 terabyte. This, you know, um it's it's quite expensive. Uh, so yeah, that's the big talk. <laughs> yeah, this is the big one. So this this device I'm using right now, eighteen ninety nine. That's how much you would pay yeah. for that, and that's not even counting the one hundred and twenty nine Apple Pencil, the one ninety nine uh, Folio keyboard. So that's a lot of money right there. And you know, if you you're gonna pay you know for an eleven inch nine forty nine, if you want to get two hundred fifty six gigs, which I highly recommend that you do because if you're yeah. gonna use this as a pro machine, sixty four is just not not enough especially if you want to do photo work and video yeah and you want it to last a long time i mean that is the good thing about yes. that a12x being so ridiculously fast mm-hmm. and way more powerful than you need for anything you could do on an ipad today yes. is that you know it's going to be like when i got my ipad air 2 it was the same situation that was a huge leap mm-hmm. and i had that thing for so many years and used it for so many years and this is you know you could buy this and know that when iOS 16 rolls around, it's still going to be supported and mm-hmm. you're still going to run well. Um, so, I mean, that's the good news. And you, you would hate to have it be that I'm just out of storage. My my machine runs fine. I'm just out of storage. You want you really want to mm-hmm. plan for the future. If yes. you're buying one of these things and uh, Get the extra storage. You know, maybe not a terabyte. That's a that's a big price jump. That's a lot. You're going to have to be working with a lot. But yeah, of photos, get at least so, that two fifty six. Yes, and um, but yeah, it's it, it is overkill. This whole machine is overkill, and I, you know, this is not the one that most people will be getting. But um, but you know, I I enjoyed working with it. You know, because I had spent so long. You know, it, the adjustment period for me wasn't as much as it was to other people. But I have to admit, yeah, I you know. I love it for consumption. I love it for writing write, write drafts, light drafts, excuse me, where I don't have to do a lot of editing and everything. But, uh, you know, when it comes down to actually researching and stuff, I still prefer the MacBook. And it's so close to being something wonderful, you know, something that could replace that. And uh, But uh, it's not quite there yet. Um, but, you know, a lot of you know that I love the Apple Pencil and stuff, and I and I love the original model. But I will say that this is vastly improved. This, this mm-hmm. I am actually amazed at how well much they improved this. There, I would say that the Pencil saw you know as far as a percentage more impro- improvements than the actual iPad. Mm. And uh, you know everybody used to make fun of you know you used to jam it in here. That was the way you charge it and stuff. No, look at this. You just that that's it and boom it immediately pairs you see how much uh, battery life it has left in there there's no cap to lose um you know it's a little bit shorter but because uh, i love the balance of the last one it's a little weightier now i have a feeling because of the magnets and they managed to maintain much the same balance as the original one had yeah i like the feel of that one actually a lot more i like it i thought the the big one felt almost a little too toy like it was too big it was mm-hmm. too round 
too like slippery. A little bit of the flat edge, yeah, and slippery and glossy. This one feels it, the matte finish is way better. Mm-hmm. The flat edge there, which is to keep it from rolling and stuff, but it also it gives it a nice feel in your hand. Yeah, I think it's a big improvement. And some of the artists I talked about, you know, wish that the, it had buttons. But a nice, elegant thing that they did now, if you just tap this twice, and it'll switch between erasing or drawing modes, and eventually you'll be able to customize that. I haven't seen an example of an app do it. But it works in, like, Notability as well as mm-hmm. Apple's uh, Notepad app. And so it's it's nice. That's a quick way of doing it as opposed to having to, you know, jot up here to switch to settings or something. And um, it's the problem is, is that I have, like, a habit of doing this a lot when I'm thinking, <laughs> when I'm writing with hand so i, you I find myself you're sw- switching things all the time yeah so i find yeah. it myself doing it on accident so there is that but that's actually not much of a, a complication and uh so i definitely mind that the other do one you, what's that do you personally find a lot of use for cellular on an ipad well the th- okay n- now that i live in san francisco i do not um but when i lived out in the country the um yeah i lived up by the way i used to live out in the middle of nowhere in texas uh like really out in the middle of nowhere and often our verizon cell service was better than the home internet that i could get and mm-hmm. uh, so you know when i needed a fow- powerful connection i could do that and verizon has wonderful service so i could do it so in the previous ipad that was the reason i bought it by the way is believe it or not so i would always have connections so I could write and work. And uh, in that type of environment, you know, if you're not going to be near the city or something like that, it worked fine. These days, uh, I actually disabled it. Um, that shows how little I need it. I actually disabled it on my old iPad. These days, I typically just use a hotspot on my phone and then tether the uh, the iPad to that when I need it. And right. uh, in San Francisco, you can almost always find a Wi-Fi connection, especially since I have Xfinity, you know, and they have all the ports around the city so uh so yeah it's it depends on where you are if you're in a place where you know that wi-fi isn't going to be working or i find i found it extremely useful but Mm. here no it's you know especially if you're traveling or something you know it's you know the the, other nice thing about this is it sits nice you know in an airplane seat and uh, give you an idea you know the magnets that are used i think there's 102 magnets around this thing uh they not only you know allow you to charge the pencil but you know this thing isn't going anywhere and uh so the magnets also apply to that with the smart folio keyboard the thing is you can't do that cool flipping stuff with the or um with the the smart folio you can't magnet stick yes exactly so yeah, yeah see this is the problem that's how hard it is to pull this apart and when you fold yeah. it back these are back here so you know that that's one annoying thing fortunately the keys are disabled when they're like this so that's a nice touch but typically when i wanted to use it as an actual tablet i just take it off and uh, uh, yeah real quick yes what cool thing that you could flip around i i'm going to say nothing with a keyboard on a uh, an iPad would be considered a cool, cool move. Mm-hmm. Well, <laughs> I mean, on the old, on the old iPad Folio keyboard, which which yeah. didn't put the keys on the back, it you, it flipped up and and back this way. Yeah, you could just pick it. You could just pick it up and kind of flip it around, and it did this kind of little yeah. double fl- double hinge flip. Remember and, the and what's snap. a computer commercial? <laughs> I'm gonna say it's about as cool as a yo-yo. Well, cool. remember, because yeah. okay. that girl did something really cool when she closed up the origami fold on it, and uh, and everybody has tried to mimic that, what that little girl did in the What's a Computer commercial, hope, and nobody hope, can do yeah. it. Hope no uh, yo-yo fans out there. Um, <laughs> real quick, there are a bunch of comments uh, on Twitter okay. that I'm finally catching up on after all the computer issues, um, and that is that they want the iPad to do something different yes. than, than the phone. Mm-hmm. 
And that would require, mm-hmm. you know, some kind of branch of the OS. Do you think there would ever be two versions, you know, or some kind of different between mobile and... I mean, you already got split view. There's that. That's yeah, I think it's they're going to keep going down that path. It's always going to call it iOS, mm-hmm. but right. they're just going to keep going like, these are iPad features, mm-hmm. like split view. Yeah. And these are phone features that aren't. Um, and the picture-in-picture stuff and all that other stuff they did, you know, on iPad... Uh, I think it's going to be more like that. I totally agree. And the, I, I have a feeling that they will eventually relent on the files. They'll give a better way to do that. It's just too cumbersome right now. Yeah. The thing that concerns me is that it's so fundamental to iOS that each app encapsulates its own data. Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, so you can't just have like a giant folder of pictures and access it from a bunch of different photo manipulation apps. Every photo manipulation app you have that you load pictures into is a duplicate copy of that picture. And I don't know that there's necessarily a a way forward for iOS to avoid that kind of problem. Mm -hmm. But that doesn't mean that in other cases they can't make the files app much more robust and do things like read off of external storage and and so. Yeah, that it it requires a major change to iOS and it's not just a, a trivial, yeah, so. I'm probably derailing the soldier right here, but speaking of major changes, uh, this has to be said. You know, Face ID works with this now, and mm. you know, it's not just comp. It's it, this is really actually very nice. It's you know, you can you can do it, and you tap it immediately. You, you can tap the the space bar on the keyboard, and it, it automatically unlocks it. The problem with the home the home button, you know, you can make an argument it was well suited to the iPhone and everything. It was not well suited to the iPad, and every time you wanted to do something, you always had to reach up here, hold, added a couple bit you had the you know to get yeah, to the home especially screen. when you're using yeah. a keyboard it's yes, really exactly. awkward to kind it's of push it UI. but not tip it over and you know but with yeah. face id you're always looking at this thing so you know it, it's nice because it's always especially like you said in landscape mode and in keyboard mode and uh so you know it's it's always there and like i said you just double tap the space bar and it automatically does it for you there's none of that you if you accidentally are covering the uh the lens the um the true def camera they uh the little arrow will pop up telling you where it is because uh the thing is even though apple likes to say that it's edge to edge there actually is a very small bezel around here but what this is is that so apple doesn't have to put a notch in there this nicely hides uh the true def camera <laughs> and stuff right and, uh, and you would know you wouldn't know which hand is covering it up exactly <laughs> you gotta put a little arrow so that's kind of cool so i will say that for some reason when i'm especially when i'm using the keyboard or first start off i do have a bad habit of putting my hand here well in my left hand so it automatically over um you know often covers it problem is you can't switch this around with the, the folio case, you know, because I was like, oh, well, I'll just put it on the right because, you know, the notches for the camera and the smart connector, which is right here, you right. know, you are forced to use it in that position. So there's that. And uh, so, uh, but yeah, Face ID is a massive improvement um, as far as usability. I, I think it really just goes to show you how great it would be on a, on MacBooks. Yes, yes, exactly. I like, agree. It, like, please. Mm. <laughs> Yes, <laughs> and on a Mac. Yeah. you know the unlocking with the Apple Watch is one thing, but yeah, that, having this on there would be even yeah even nice. that or Touch ID. Now they're getting Touch ID. That's good, but yes. it's still just so much nicer just to be able to look at it. Mm-hmm. Imagine that for all now that it integrates now that with Mojave you can integrate all your password management apps and stuff like that mm-hmm. with Touch ID. You know, imagine Face ID doing that where it's basically as long as it's you looking at your laptop. Mm-hmm. Everything's just going to fill in passwords and unlock sure. for you. That that would be so great. Yes, and um, 
Let's see. And, uh, you know, we talked about the USB-C here. And oh, I will say it's kind of touch and go with that. Um, some things work, some things don't. And uh, the problem is it's kind of like, you know, up to experimentation to see if it's going to work or not. <laughs> and, um, yeah, regarding that, Alf had a question uh-huh. uh, about uh, exporting to an external hard drive. You can't really use externals, no. Mm-mm. That's the problem, and that's that's really bad if for somebody who wants you to be as a pro. Because yeah. uh, Alf says Apple uses the word import in mm-hmm. the... FAQ? Yes. Mm-hmm. They don't say export. And that's basically what it is. It'll it'll see read your photos into them, and you can import them into your photo reel. That's the way externals work. It's There's no, I'm going to drag this document into, yeah. you know, the Word or something app like that. completely does not recognize external storage. Yes. You cannot use it that way. Uh, the only thing it'll do is read your photos and ask if you want to import them into photos. That's a real bummer. That's a real downside. And, uh, yeah, I, I had a hard time. It was funny. I had a hard time finding someone with a USB-C in order to do that. But uh, I finally did. And uh, um, But I also had a, uh, you know, I could also just see it from my SD cards. Um, you know, I put some other files on there in addition to the photos. And that's all it would read was the photos. So, yeah. Yeah. So it gives you, it's the same basic concept. Yeah. Yeah. Sounds like the next WWDC is going to have a lot of USB-C well, that was, updates for iOS. That was part of that uh, Bloomberg rumor way back last mm-hmm. spring where they said hey ios 12 is going to have this stuff but it's all this other stuff's being pushed off a year yeah all this new design one of the things that they said was being pushed off is all of this sort of ipad make ipad more of a workhorse kind of right. stuff mm-hmm. they didn't specifically state what but it just feels like that device especially with USB-C port on there it's just waiting for Right. The software to catch up to it. Right, right. Now I'll tell you one, one cool thing. So you can act. You can use your MacBook charger with the iPad Pro now, <laughs> which uh, it charges a lot more quickly than the little 18 watt charger you're going to get in the box. So oh, there's cool. that. That's one benefit of USB-C. So. And there's yeah. this larger question uh, mm-hmm. that Cruz and Reed has on YouTube, and that's about kind of these product cycles and how you know there's these big gaps where Apple is basically selling you know. Not a great product um, for years on end. You know, like the Mac Mini you can, is probably a good example. So, like, what does that mean for, you know, expectations on on in-between cycles? Like, you know, with the iPhone, you're, you're going to get a new one every year, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. But with, you know, when is the next, you know, iPad Pro going to come out? Or when, you know, do you buy it now? And if you're not, then you're not going to probably buy it for five years? Yeah. That's a good question. It's yeah. the Macs suffer more from that. Like, yeah, it, it just gets little incremental updates for a really long time and no major updates. Whereas the iPhone, it's kind of every other year ish. Mm-hmm. It gets a real substantial like change. Um, and the iPads kind of in between that, yeah. um, you know, it's, they're going to get better every year. I'm sure there'll be an iPad next iPad pro next year. And Definitely. I'm sure it's going to have yeah. an a 13. It's going to be faster, but I think this design is going to be with us for a while. Yeah. This yeah. is the biggest shift since like the iPad two. So, I mean, yeah. we've changed ports and stuff, but as far as the physical look of it and everything, this yeah, is the, the iPad air or whatever was the last big. Mm-hmm. And so I think, you know, you're in, in terms of that, like this is such a leap in performance and this is kind of the new design. Uh, and it's got face ID and stuff, which is where Apple's taking everything. Mm-hmm. I think this is the safest place to jump in. You know, you're not going to be like, oh, I bought one and right. just in uh, 
you know, in two years, you're going to be like, oh, they totally changed the iPad. Now I'm ruined. You know, I think next year, Jason kind of already said this. It, you know, we're basically going to be working with the same model, but hopefully now that they got the hardware out of the way and everything, they'll put some thought into, you know, making this better work device. And, uh, you know, that's, you know, they, we, they already had a big leap with iOS 11. That's when they introduced the files app. Uh, mm-hmm. you know, that's, you know, and you had split screen in there and stuff like that. So they are thinking about it. Um, yeah, it gets better every year. Yes. Before they didn't even have a files app, it was just like you had to use it within the app. So that was, <laughs> yeah. It definitely feels like now though the hardware is probably, I mean, it'll be upgraded next year. But mm-hmm. I think we're we're set in terms of the platform. Mm-hmm. It's the software that needs to catch up. So iOS thirteen, iOS fourteen will probably offer the bigger leaps. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that any, but I don't think you're in that place where like if if last year you spent a bunch of money on an iPad Pro, you'd be kicking yourself. Because this year you'd be like, all right, not only is it super way more powerful, but it's and face ID yeah, and my yeah. pencil doesn't work and my blah blah blah. You know. Right. You you'd be like, oh, I, I spent all this money and I'm on kind of the last gen platform. Yeah. I think this is the generation that's gonna be with us for a few years. For a few years, right. Yeah. Now and here's what's be software up- upgrades. That'll be yeah, ma- lots more of software major. upgrades. Yeah. And of course just faster and better yeah. cameras. Yes. Uh, this is the most damning thing I can say about this is I would, uh, you know, if I were not an artist, which I'm not, uh, and, you know, and stuff, and I didn't have, you know, need a lot of photo work and everything, which I do a lot, use a lot of photos, but use them on my MacBook, uh, you know, the 9.7 inch iPad from earlier this year would be enough to make me happy. Yeah, and, absolutely. Uh, so I would not, I would feel like this was overkill. That $320, $29 machine, which often goes on sale, <laughs> you know, <laughs> is better for my needs than this. So, again, yeah. Uh, and, and, uh, and I, I still can't believe, and this is a software thing again, there's no way to watch 4K YouTube right. on there. Oh, you know another like, thing is, is uh, yeah, you, that's the thing. You, um, USB C. You can you can go to you can put a, a 5K display on here, display. but you can't use the charging cable. You know that comes if you think that just because you had a USB C cable, no, you can't. You're going right. to have to get a separate data cable yeah. for that. Yeah. So yeah. And just to kind of throw back to a topic we had last week, mm-hmm. uh, which is the stock price, because multiple people oh, yeah. uh, are asking that it's continued to drop. I just looked. Yeah. It's now a nine hundred billion dollar company. Uh, oh, no. How much do you think oh, that's no. also related to? I mean, you know, quote unquote, you know, like the lack of innovation, you know, especially in between. I don't know about that because what, what is, is the market of down overall? The market yeah, is down, but the market is down overall. Apple did bring it down a lot. They don't. Just Apple alone doesn't move the whole market that way. But there's worries about trade, uh, bar- not trade embargo, uh, tariffs? tariffs and tariffs. stuff like that that have gotten right. people nervous. Uh, and there's just been uh, predictions about it's, – it's not so much about innovation as far as the stock price is concerned. It's more, about, it's more about like predictions about – analyst predictions about sales, which right. are often wildly wrong. They're often wrong. And then the, the – Apple comes out with a quarterly report and tells you that they made all the money in the world and it goes back up. Um, also, the analysts were really upset that Apple's no longer going to tell people how many iPhones they sold. Yeah. Uh, and that kind of made everybody get nervous and the stock went down. Well, it makes me worried because, you know, people are going to start 
thinking that these analysts are right when they we've been able to show in the past that they've been wrong. But they were yeah. like, you know, Apple sold this many phones. You have like no evidence for that, and, uh, and that's what Kim Cook has always been saying. And I'm on his side on that one. And mm-hmm. uh, but now, you know, they're gonna, you know, seemingly have more credibility because they're at least gonna be throwing out numbers out there, and people are gonna believe them because there's nothing else to go off of. Yeah, there's nothing else to go on until you get. Pl- p- places like IDC that try to to look at actual past sales data, mm-hmm. you know, which is they're it's filling still, in a lot of blanks yeah. too. You know, it's that's tough. So I can't remember. I, mean, I get the point. I, I can't remember if it was this week or last week where one of the key suppliers kind of cut their forecast down. Yes, to, they you know yeah. for demand yeah. too. That was they yeah they did that last year with the iPhone 10, and then the iPhone 10 was the highest selling iPhone of all time. You know. Like it was not these things happen and everybody gets freaks out and gets nervous and reads too much into it. But that just that could mean as much as, well, Apple bought too many of them the previous quarter of that part. You know, it's it's not necessarily indicative of like everything's going to hell. Um, Certainly, though, Apple is gearing up for the ability to just get a higher average sale price out of a shrinking number of new iPhones sold (laughs) and growing services like crazy. I mean, once they launch their, their streaming, their Netflix like streaming TV shows thing, I mean, that's going to be billions of dollars a year right there. So potentially. And just one last thing about the whole innovation thing. Yeah. As someone who's sort of covered Apple for over 20 years now, that whole Apple doesn't innovate thing has been around <laughs> for that long. Yeah, and okay, it's true in certain extents, but no, I mean it's true that it's been around that long. Right, time. it's been it's true, <laughs> but, but you know, Apple's a nine hundred billion dollar company. So that, I mean, whenever somebody says to me Apple doesn't innovate anymore, I just say. Apple was the first trillion dollar company. And but now do it's they? <laughs> it's, like, it's, it's just like you know, it's you know, I. It, it's it's some a, of that comes down to what you consider innovation. Like right, it's, uh, Apple rarely invents something totally new that no one's ever done before. Yeah. What they usually do is make it better, good enough, and reliable enough, and broadly deployed enough, main, mass manufacturable enough to to reach everyone. Yeah. They weren't the first. They, they I mean, Touch ID blew up fingerprints sensors on phones mm-hmm. and became the the thing for that but they weren't the first person to put a fingerprint yeah. sensor on a phone mm-hmm. well i think and, people and it's like that with a lot of things well i think people have even there some of the people who offer that argument even have bigger expectations they're like well where's the next iphone and i was and I i'm just kind of like you know how many iphones happen right. period yeah it's just kind of like yeah, much less from the same company right like, Where's the next, yeah. So, Where's the next to- thing that changes the entire <laughs> world of computing right. for the next so, generation? Where is it? Where is it? Right. Where is it? Come on. And see, this doesn't do this, but this is innovation in itself. This thing doesn't have any fans. It doesn't have, yeah. you know, it's very, yeah. it's ridiculously thin. And But look how powerful it is. And that's innovation. I mean, so, you know, it yeah, doesn't again, rewire my been, understanding of the world. There's been fanless Right. Tablets and powerful tablets and stuff like that. But, you know, again, Apple just puts it all together They put it in a nice package. You put it in something everyone can use and buy, you know, it's. And what, what uh, I'm yeah. really referring to is that the whole package innovation. is really amazing. It's not just one yeah. thing or the other. It's exactly. Yeah. yeah. No, I appreciate that people set the bar high for Apple. That, you know, that's yeah. good. And Apple has the only reason people stick to that 
train of thought is because Apple has been successful at that. You know, they have, and it's deserved. If right, you, they're going right. to charge that much money for everything <laughs> they do. It better be great, right? Like, yeah, yeah. So, but yeah, it's it's kind of an old thought that doesn't seem to die, and you know, some members of the media that we are a part of are, are guilty of pushing that thought as well. So, but uh, speaking of innovations. You know what would be really innovative is a 5G iPhone. Okay. <laughs> that's going to be another that's a that's another ex- perfect example of something where they will not be first right. at all. Yes. Uh, and get criticized for not being innovative even though they've never been first on new cellular technology. Right. Yeah. So but yeah, it's just that, you know, there's this anticipation of what's going to be the next big thing. Yeah. And you know, uh, there's some thought about there, there. Intel made some news about its 5G modems, and then people were like, "The 5G iPhone's coming soon now. Here it is." And of course, Jason brought us all to reality. So, so Jason, yeah. can you explain what 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 kind of happened there, Jason? So here's what happened: that Intel has uh, had a modem in development called the, the XMM8060. It canceled that and pulled up by six months, the release of its successor, the 8160. Now, Intel probably would not tell you that they canceled the 8060. Officially, they call it a development platform now. (laughs) But all the people who watch this stuff say, well, no, that modem had problems and and their their, uh, partners and stuff weren't happy with it. Whatever, we're using too much power draw, no good signal, whatever, whatever the issues were. They weren't happy with that modem, so they they killed it. They're calling that a development platform, and they brought its successor up by six months. Intel says the 8160 is going to be available in the second half of 2019 instead of the first half of 2020, and that made everybody go, oh, the 2019 iPhone is going to be 5G because this is the modem that they're going to use. And (laughs) Intel even said this, like, Intel saying it's available late in the second half of 2019 means available to their customers, yeah, not consumer products. That means that's when they start shipping parts to Apple or something. Right. Then they have to integrate it into test devices and test them and then ship all these things and manufacture them at scale. All that stuff takes six to nine months. Like that's how long. <laughs> and that's if they're doing a lot of pre-work with like development platform stuff. So there's no chance that that, being available to customers in 2019, even Intel says, and then consumers are going to get products with this thing in the first half of 2020. Um, and given that Apple releases iPhones in September, that really didn't change the timetable for Apple. Yeah. What that did is change the timetable for everyone who wants to release a 5G a 5G phone with Intel's modem in the first half of 2020. Now that's maybe possible for them. So. And it gives, of course, Apple more time to test and all that stuff because yeah. 5G is going to be a mess. <laughs> There's a lot to do. It's got you have the modem chip, which will connect to 2G, 3G, 4G, 5G networks simultaneously connect to LTE and 5G and stuff. But you need two different RF transmitters. You need one for all of the frequencies in use today the sub six gigahertz frequencies and you need another one for the millimeter wave stuff mm. so you need two different rf transmitters you need antenna design is going to be crazy <laughs> like it's going to be so that you need multiple antennas in all these places that your hand doesn't block them and eh, it's <laughs> 5g is going to be really hard to do right 
and Apple has a high bar for reliability for these things. That's why they have always been behind sort of the Android phones in bleeding edge carrier technology because they'll just do it. The Android guys will do it as soon as it's as soon as it's available, even if it doesn't work great. So, so is even is even the infrastructure for five G even isn't is that even in place? For there's a small number of five G yeah. deployments today that are for fixed wireless for basically replacing your cable modem type stuff. You know, uh, not for mobile and mobile. They're they're trying to get the first mobile stuff out by the end of this year, but the phones aren't there. Yeah, mobile mobile five G will start to roll out in 2019, and then there'll be with a handful of Android phones that'll be like really bleeding edge, and maybe like it kills the battery when you are right, 5G right. and all these. It's gonna be the deployment's gonna be really small, and then it's really gonna start rolling out throughout 2020. That's when you're gonna start seeing it deployed much more broadly. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, so, it's a big race. The race is on, like, yeah. but there's a lot of work to do, and and you requires these new millimeter wave transmission towers. You need more of them in a certain given area. They need much more backhaul to them. It's it's a lot of there's a lot to do. Yeah, yeah. So it's not going to happen next year. Then you know. Yeah, it's, we're not getting a five G iPhone next year. So. <laughs> Be okay with that. You don't, we don't have, most people don't live in an area where the LTE is even close to being, uh, to having the capabilities of the current iPhone. The, you yeah. know, gigabit LTE in the iPhone XS, like most people don't live where they can get that. So we got special sound effects going yeah. on. Yep. That's my cat who decided that now's a great time to use the litter box every time. Yeah. <laughs> I'm surprised this is like the first time I've ever heard it happen. I wish we had a wider shot so you can just see it. Yeah, I was wondering. I no. don't think that our shot to the audience he's, is that wide. He's uh. just off camera. <laughs> so in the studio, we we get a wider shot of Jason, and and off to the side on Jason's on the floor is is a is a litter box that was just in use. If I was quicker, so. I would have switched to that shot. But. So and I was trying so hard to focus on what Jason was saying <laughs> and, and not. I could see it. I could see it on your faces. Yeah. I kept looking at life like, are you seeing what I'm seeing? So, yeah. So next time, just go, Dan. Cut to cut to that shot. Cut cut to the wide of Jason. So. Turn the camera a little. Bit. Yeah. But yeah, no no five G. I mean, we're looking at what twenty twenty for five G. Yeah, and honestly, for most. Even if you're not an iPhone user, for most Android phones and stuff like that, there's going to be very, very few of them and very little mobile 5G deployment yeah. in terms of area coverage and cities covered even next year. So, yeah. I mean, it they'll be behind the, quote, bleeding edge. The very They won't be very first, but they'll be, you know, in there when it matters. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well. Yep. It'll be it'll be fun when that happens though. We'll see what happens. So, but and we still got some time, and you know we'll see what happens with the speculation. So, in the meantime, if you uh, with if you have a current iPhone 10 and you're having a problem with your display, Apple on Friday announced a display module replacement program. Uh, so, if you have issues with your uh, iPhone 10 uh, 
if the display or part of the display, the part of the display does not respond to your touch or immediately respond to your touch, or if yeah. it does this freaky thing where like it's ghost touching, ghost touching. Yeah. How big yeah. of an issue do you think this is? Because I feel like when I was looking, you know, at Google News. It was like all these headlines were like Apple admits it has right. these major design, you know, screen flaws and all and all that. I have not yeah. heard one story of this happening with anybody. Me neither. You when the so. iPhone was brand new, there was a real problem with this that was related to temperature mm-hmm. and their calibration of the screen, and and it was happening to people because they launched in you know that the ten launched in September. I mean October. Um, and people in like New York and stuff where it was getting cold were like, yeah. hey, it won't register my tap. But if I put the screen to sleep and wake it up again, then it works and stuff. Yeah. And that, they fix that with a software update. And that was pretty rampant. Um, this problem is one of those things that inf- affects a tiny, tiny fraction of a percent yeah. of the, which can still be thousands of people because <laughs> they sell so many right, millions of phones. Right, because they sell so many phones, yeah. But it's, it's a really, really tiny sliver. I, I haven't heard anybody... I've heard people who say that they know someone. <laughs> like it's always secondhand. Oh yeah, I know someone who has that problem, and yeah. Apple won't admit. I don't know anyone who's actually, yeah, had that. But obviously, just like the keyboard replacement, before they put the little dust membrane in there, obviously it's enough that Apple has started a free repair program. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's just that Apple announced these programs on friday afternoon mm-hmm. where, yeah friday news dump right the friday news dump when traffic when uh people are getting ready for the weekend and they're not necessarily paying attention to the news it's friday is notorious for being the slow news day mm-hmm. in general so not just for tech yeah. but in push, general. push out that bad news on friday because yeah. <laughs> apple also announced on friday a um ssd service program for the 13 inch macbook pro I didn't even know that there was a problem with the uh, SSDs on, on this particular Yeah, MacBook. that was the first I'd heard of it. The first I had ever heard of it. So they, they say it affects a, quote, limited number of people, which is, I think, the standard thing that they always say. Yeah. Say, uh, and Anything they, less than 100% is a limited number. <laughs> right. <laughs> right. So, Technically correct. And they don't actually say what the issue is. They just say that the issue may result in data loss and failure of the drive. Mm-hmm. Oof. So, which is not good. Uh, so if you have... Uh, now, I don't remember if they say if there's a particular year model that they're addressing or it's just the that 13-inch. Was, wasn't that one just on the non-touch bar MacBook Pros? Yes, Am I you're right. That correctly? Yes, it is the non-touch bar MacBook right. Pro. Yes. So, oh, okay, units affected between June seventeenth and June twenty or June twenty seventeen mm-hmm. and June twenty eighteen. Yeah. So. Um, so it's the 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 twenty seventeen update to the non-touch bar MacBook Pro. Right. Some people, if you have a SSD problem, <laughs> yeah, you can get it fixed for free. So yeah, you can get it. Go get it fixed. Um, yeah, uh, this again. This is one. This was an issue that I did not know. I didn't know man. It was a problem, so I hadn't heard anything about it. So, uh, but if you have this issue, go to your uh, Apple Store and have it checked out and get a new uh, drive for free. Mm-hmm. So, I feel like if anything ever goes wrong, it's like try to take it in and see if they'll replace, fix it for free. Right. 
You know, sometimes yeah. it, you know, sometimes you'll run into that Apple genius will be like, yeah, we'll just we'll just take care of this, you know. Yeah, it's not supposed to do that. Yeah. <laughs> Years yeah. ago I was lucky and they just gave me a whole new MacBook. It was like late 2000s, but yeah. So. Yeah. So, uh news that happened today, Apple uh announced uh, Apple now has available the Vega upgrade, mm-hmm. Vega All graphics right. upgrade for the 15-inch MacBook Pro the high end, which I think is at the 27 is it 27.99? I don't remember the price. Yeah, I don't remember. It's the very high end 15 inch MacBook. I think it's an extra 200 bucks for Vega 16 and 300 for a Vega 20. Something like that. Yeah. I'd love to see how that runs games. So that (laughs) became available today. So if you're, you've been waiting for that or you're planning to buy the high end MacBook Pro, you know, those are definitely upgrades you want to consider. Yeah. It's only as the build to order. I don't think there's any standard, um, standard config that you could just walk into the store and get with that right now. So. Maybe we should uh, do some last-minute benchmarks on the one we have and see if we can swap it out with them mm-hmm. and then see how much. Because, I mean, when I was doing Premiere stuff on it, I feel like, you know, the big drawback is that the GPU is underpowered. Yes. Underpowered, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, we're yeah. we're asking. We're going we're gonna to yeah. see if we can do we'll that. We'll see if we if can, we can get It's already in the works. So, yeah. yeah. So, well, we'll keep you guys updated. When, see if we can get one in and let you know what the uh, results are. We'll we would like to give it a test, so... Um, but yeah, I think that just about does it for this week's episode. Uh, update to the giveaway. Oh, very nice. <laughs> yeah. We need to, I closed my iPad. I should so just turn that into stick. <laughs> so we don't forget so, these things. So we've been letters. doing a, uh, giveaway of a Razer Core X eGPU. Um, we've been taking names. People can enter uh, the over eight thousand. We've been taking names, and it taking sounds like names. you're punishing people. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you were able to enter for the past couple weeks. To, uh, entries closed on Monday. Uh, and life, can you tell us a little bit more about the uh, Core X? Uh, yeah, the Core X uh, eGPU is made by Razer. It's a very bare bones. Uh, um, eGPU, but that's nice because that's all you need it for, and it's really easy. It's like it almost kind of reminds me of like the ghost containment unit in Ghostbusters. You just pull that out, <laughs> and uh, you uh, you know you put the card in there, you slip it back in, you plug it into your your MacBook, and it works immediately. And you know if you you know if you put something like a high end Vega in there, you can get a lot more performance out of what you're going to get in like a a normal off the shelf MacBook Pro, and that includes the new models. And so it's really good for that. It's you know for some reason it doesn't really work with video rendering as well as and that surprises a lot of people um but uh the black magic one uh renderer i mean you know program works but you know you know the best gain i've seen with it was games and stuff so you know that that's that's a that's a nice thing about it but uh you know I, you threw that in we have the card we have a radian um i believe it's a X580, uh, and then we have a wi- an Atheris wireless mouse, and so all in all, that's you know about seven hundred dollars uh, worth of stuff right there. Yeah. So, and the lucky winner of that, the is, lucky winner is, would you like to have the honors? Of- that would be Gregory from South Carolina. Woo! Congratulations, and uh, yeah, so you you get all that, and we'll we'll send it your way. It's a pretty big box. Yes. Just a warning. So, yeah, we'll be in yeah. touch via the email that you submitted yes. when you yes. entered. And I will be happy to have it out from under my desk. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's been sitting there for a while. Yeah. We had other giveaways come up, and we were like, yeah, we'll do the EGPU. <laughs> yes. So eventually. And we've but, got uh, more good ones in the works. So. Yeah, we've got more giveaways in the works. Uh, but 
we got one coming up, I believe, after Thanksgiving. You'll like so, this one. Yes, yeah. you'll yeah. like this the, the, the giveaway coming up. So stay tuned to our website. Tune into the podcast. Still finalizing the details. Yes, so we're still finalizing I, the I details. I think you don't want to. We don't want to start it before Thanksgiving to mess up over the Thanksgiving break. So right. we're gonna probably start that right. right after Thanksgiving break. Yeah. So, but uh, follow Macworld on Twitter because it's always mm-hmm. posted there. Yes. Uh, and check yeah, out Macworld.com. Yes. Facebook. So. So yeah, congratulations, Gregory. Congratulations, good machine. Gregory. Mm-hmm. Hope you have fun with the eGPU. Yeah, so. send us a picture when you yeah. <laughs> once you get it when you yeah. get it set up. So. Tweet at us or a picture or something. But now that does it for this week's episode yeah. of the MacWorld podcast. And and if anyone has a vine of of being cool flipping the the, <laughs> the iPad keyboard around, <laughs> so send tweet send that tweet tweet oh, at yeah. us. Poor vine, <laughs> how we miss you. So, yeah. uh, uh, but that does it for this week's episode of the MacWorld podcast, episode six hundred and thirty. So I'd like to thank Jason on the remote. Thanks, Jason. Sure. Life in the studio. Thank you very much. Thank you. Thanks to Dan, our producer. You're welcome. I'd like to thank you, the studio audience, for tuning in. Uh, Keep an eye on our website for our next scheduled podcast. We're still determining uh, when we're going to go on because next week is kind of an odd week for us because it's Thanksgiving week here in the U.S. So we've got some schedules we need to work out. So we'll post on our website when the next podcast will be. So yep. keep, keep an eye on that. So thank you very much.